Hello, and welcome to Bobby and Jens, presented by Zwift. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor training fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can even organize a meetup with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end, though. With Zwift, you can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, a trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Ride on. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bobby and Jens presented by Zwift. Today we have one of the young guns of this amazing generation of young riders who are just stamping their authority. Today we have Joao Almeida. Joao, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for the invite. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, let's see what we have here. <laughs> so a while back, Jens and I were talking about nicknames, but doing a little research. Um, do you have a nickname already? I mean, you're 22 years old, about ready to turn 23 in August. Uh, but I saw a nickname and I'm not sure if, if that was um, real, but do they call you the Panther? Yeah, I think the Portuguese people, they call me the Pink Panther. Nice. Because of last year's Euro, but yeah, it's not really my nickname, like uh, my friend's nickname, they gave it to me. It's just, yes, they started calling me this and it, there's many names. It's quite fun, but yeah, they call me this sometimes. <laughs> I was just intrigued because anybody who has a nickname at 22, um, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I think things are going well. I think that's pretty, pretty, pretty nice. How big is cycling in Portugal? I mean, of course, it's soccer, it's Ronaldo. And then uh, what's next? Cycling, track and field, is it um, basketball? How big is cycling like on a national scheme of uh, sports? How popular are you actually? People recognize you every day on the streets now? Uh, so I think cycling is one of, of the main sports in Portugal. Uh, for sure, football is the first one. But cycling is an old sport from yeah from a lot of years in Portugal. People recognize cycling, and I would say maybe it's the second sport. Yeah. So yeah, tell us how you got into it. Um, you know, from a young young age, like who who were your idols? What was your first bike? I always find that really interesting when we're talking to our guests. Is you know we're all cyclists we're all destined to be here for one reason or another but we all have our little different entryways or pathways into the sport what was what was yours who was your influence and and how did that go when you were younger so everything started on football i used to play football when i was a kid so i would also swim until i was 10 11 years old And then I was just getting tired of it. It was always the same thing. I was not very motivated to, to do it anymore. So I just stopped everything. And then around 13, I started to ride a bike. I always rode a bike since I was five, since I remember. But I started to do some races on the mountain bike. And then eventually I tried road bike 
when I was like 15, 14. Then it was like a snowball. I just wanted to do more and more. I went to national races and yeah, just a normal evolution, I would say. So um, starting road cycling at 15, you must have been immediately quite good at it, right? I mean, you were already very good at a young age, at 18, 19, 20. So it must have been like a steep learning curve for you, no? Yeah, exactly. I was really interested in it and I, I wanted to yeah, get as much knowledge about it as well as I, as I could. So I was 15. Uh, I didn't win a race when I was 15. And I remember in my second year, I was 16, I was a yeah, national champion already. And uh, I, I had a great team with me. We, you know, like a, like a friend environment just was, yeah, was really nice for someone from my age. We, I had so much fun and I feel like that really helped me. Yeah. Every year. You had, um, you went to that American team, Hagen's Beermann Axion, right? A lot of young kids coming from there, right? A lot of like talented riders coming from there and went through uh, that team. What's the secret there? Is it just the camaraderie between the riders? Is it the team management that helps you to develop? Uh, for me, the secret is just the way they do the things. So both years I was there, you know, you just go there. We have a nice training camp to start the season. Uh, the focus is always meeting each other. We do different things that I was used to do, like yoga in the morning, just some stretching, just a different vibe. And then we don't, I don't feel, I didn't feel any pressure never on that team. And then the directors are quite good. They, they pass good experience. They had in the past, uh, Coase, uh, he's Dutch. Also Jeff, he's American. I, I did race with yeah, him exactly. actually. <laughs> yes, of and course I, I did. I remember like it was today, it was not that far away, but also Axel, the experience they passed to us, like the way they say things, it, I still remember so many things they tell me. So I think that's good when someone tells you things and you keep, you still remember, it means you really learn with them, no? That's true. If you still remember it, at a young age, normally often people go, yeah, 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 just old people talking. If you remember it, it must have been something impressive or something that you that stick to your mind. And probably you are a smart kid as well. And then you joined um, the König Quickstep only last year, yeah. right? And in your last year, uh, sorry, first year, in your first year with them, you already did um, a pretty good Giro Italia. You finished fourth there, right? Yeah, so this year, you um, could, or are you actually happy and proud that you could confirm the result of last year because you were as good as last year, right? And if you look at like Jay Hindley, he was out of the Giro. He couldn't. He, he didn't even come close to last year's result. Did you ever think about uh, the pressure to confirm? last year's results or you you never thought about that i would not say pressure but for sure i could feel myself on my brain i could i was thinking okay let's find out really if i'm actually a grand tour rider because last year people they they used to say yeah, it's a different year with covid everything is different and then the way the juror yeah uh, every, every week we didn't know if the Rio would keep going the next week due to COVID was a bad situation. So I started, I knew 
I, I was in a good form also from previous races. I, I was confident about my legs. But you never know the last week, the third week. And also as a young rider, I'm, I'm not super confident about myself. Also in these type of races, Grand Tours, only my second time. So I, for sure, I, I, I could never give 100% guarantees. I'm so young. So, but in the end, I, I was super happy the way the way I rode, and I, I, we can be proud of it. I think absolutely. And I um, mean, I watched it. I was commentating on the Giro Italia for Eurosport. Um, did you then ever feel the pressure when the whole team rides for you, like on the second last and the third last day? I mean, when I had the team riding for me, I felt the pressure. Okay, I better perform because they give everything they have for me. So I better do something with it, right? Yeah, exactly. And you were twice second, right? You were probably one of the strongest in the last three days of the race. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. And for sure, I feel the pressure, but in like a responsible way. I just feel more responsible and then it makes me be more focused and concentrated on what I do so I don't do any mistakes so I think about everything like uh, the the fueling eating on the proper time always try to do that but when you have a team working for you you not go, you don't want to do second because you did the mistake so you kind of put more focus on your yeah to win the stage which was was our goal and uh, I think it's a good way It's a good thing to, to feel. And now in this uh, last uh, Giro, where do you think you lost a potential podium place? Like in your overall. I mean, you were strong in the last days, twice second on a mountain finish, on a mountain top. Do you think, or do you think there's one moment or two moments where you lost a potential podium spot? I don't know about winning, but it seemed like to me that you were strong enough to be there for the podium uh maybe on stage four sestola that's the one with the gravel sections right no no that was stage 11 ah okay yeah the, yeah those are uh, specific specific stages uh in a different way but i, I did a mistake on stage four i was uh they with a lot of cold rain the whole day so i always have more trouble with eating on those stages And it was a quite hard final, hard stage. So in the end, I just, I just, yeah, I didn't have enough energy. So I ended up losing quite a lot of time. And then, yeah, we had the, the goal to, to be in the podium, to be in the, yeah, to win the Giro was our goal. Uh, being in the podium and Remco was all, also a leader for us. So we, yeah, we played our cards. So I, we thought it was not possible for me to, to achieve that goal. So it was all or nothing. So the goal, Yeah, was with him because I was already out of the game, supposedly. So, yeah, and then I lost some time on those stages as well, and Zocola, Sterato. And, uh, but, yeah, I think I lost it when I did a mistake with, with, uh, with the food on stage four. Yeah, be, well, because uh, Bobby and me, we, we were riders as well. It is like a typical, you sit there with your gloves on, And then you got one or two rain jackets and it's actually quite hard to get with the big gloves into your pocket, right? So you keep thinking, I do it next next minute, next minute. And suddenly it's an hour. And whenever you move, the water gets inside your rain jacket on your neck because you got to move and the water drips down. You don't want it. So you just sit there. You don't want to move. I know. I have been, I have been in that situation. I know exactly what you, what you mean. 
Yeah, and then you have you can even if you don't have uh, super cold with the, the gloves, super cold uh, fingers, they're always cold. So and then you have to put jackets above the other jackets and reach the pocket. It's never easy, but in the end, yeah, yeah, it's like you said. Then it's an hour and. Everything is gone already. <laughs> What I sometimes did when I knew it's bad weather, I would push a muesli bar underneath my racing shorts, right? So I would have an um, on my upper leg and then I could easy just pull it out there and just rip it up, you know, with the tees. That way I would refuse, because I know myself, I don't want to go in my back in the jersey, couldn't find anything in there. Then you lose half of it, you get punished for that, you know, because with the new rules. So I would just stuff yeah. it underneath my racing under underneath my racing pants, so I would see it and would easily uh, able to to get it just in case of emergency. That helped me once or twice. I know that you said that your fingers were cold, that you had multiple rain jackets on, that it was very very difficult. But in that situation, are you still eating solid food or are you trying to drink your carbohydrates these days? I think solid food, especially on rainy days, it's it's more important than just drinking. Otherwise, you're going to yeah, stop for peace every half an hour. So I, and what I feel is also solid food on rainy days is always better. And give us a little bit of a, an example of your solid food that you're eating these days. I mean, we had obviously a different uh, menu in our Musette bags, but what is your go-to fuel solid food-wise? I always go for the the energy bars. Sometimes I take also the the paninos, the the little things the Sonyers do. They are quite good, but uh, normally the the bar it's easier to yeah, to just eat it fast when there's not much time. And yeah, that's mostly what I eat. Solid food, of course. The gels we can yeah on the latest latest part of the race, but that's more liquid, not. Not real solid food. See, since my job often was to cover the first breakaways, I often did like at least one solid bar in the neutral start. So I knew I had like some base layer in my belly and I wouldn't need to eat for another hour at least so I could cover all the attacks because especially in the second half of my career, that was often my job to be ready at the start and cover everything. So I needed to make sure... I have all the food I need in my belly before actually the action starts. But of course, you're a GC rider. You don't need that, right? But to be honest, sometimes I do the same because the, the, sometimes the neutral is so long, 10K, 15K, and you just ate like uh, two or three hours ago and, and you're like, oh, I'm going to eat already because, you know, it's going to be one hour for the break. Even if I don't have to jump for, for the break, you still have to follow. And sometimes it's, yeah, it's narrow or there's something. So, to be honest, I, I also eat a bar in the neutral sometimes. That's good. Just to be safe, right? Yeah, exactly. Why not? And mm -hmm. start, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Jens, I got to go back there a second because you said it was your job to go into the breakaway. I think that wasn't normally true. I think you always wanted to go into the breakaway and we would sit there and be like, hey, Jens, you know, somebody else from our team wants to go in the breakaway every now and then. So, you kind of took it on yourself. And stuffing those muesli bars in your um, shorts, that's uh, kind of gross, man. 
no, 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 it was the other way. All you guys were begging me, please, Jens, take this burden off us. Nobody can do it. You're the only one who can do the job. Jens, please, save our behinds one more time. That's how it was in reality, my friend. Don't believe it, Joel. Don't believe it. He was, uh, he, he liked the pain. No, but I tell you, it's really hard to, 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 to go in the break is quite hard. So there was this day in the Giro, I went to the break, it was the, the Paso Jao stage. And I remember I did a few records that day, not, not the best from all time, but I did a few records. And they were, they were all when I was trying to go in the break, <laughs> not in the latest part of the race. Normally it's like the latest parts, but that day was in the beginning, the first hour I did all the records. It is, it is a different race. When you want to catch the break, you don't have to think about the final. Your race is only to be in the break. And once you're in there, then you start thinking about the rest of the day, right? But at first, everything you have goes into that one mission, making the break. And after that, yeah, you go, uh, what do I do now? And then you fill the legs for, the, for four hours after that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Another thing that really intrigues me about... Uh, the Decoinic Quick Step team that you're on currently. There's a lot of talk about the Wolf Pack and the Wolf Pack mentality. And Jens and I, with a bunch of our old CSC teammates, we have a What's Up thread. And we often kind of refer to us uh, kind of in that same situation. And, and we totally respect the way that you guys operate. Can you give us a little bit of um, inside info on that mentality of the wolf pack i mean is it something that is learned when you get to the team or is it just natural that you guys are super good friends and you realize that you know there's there's room for everybody to to win races or what is it that makes you guys so special because when you look at it the coin at quick step wins by bike races a lot of bike races and it seems like you guys really really get along and you know you got the t-shirts to prove it what is the wolf pack in your opinion what what does that mean to you so i first of all i think it's it's a natural thing so imagine there's the wolf pack you know the wolf pack environment which is the whole team staff soigneurs the riders and then you just go you jump into the environment and then you just you just start start to act like them you know which is yeah the mentality of you know, of course, I think overall in the world, it should be the right mentality, which is we are all the same. You're not more than me or, you know, even if you, yeah, you're you world champion, but in the end, you know, we eat from the same type of plate. We are we have the same rights. So I think, yeah, and then you just work hard. You try to catch the opportunities when you have it. And then, yeah. It's it's more yeah, it's more like this. I cannot really explain, but yeah, I feel really good there. It's uh, we have a uh, good conversations. You feel like there's guys, there's some friends, you know, not just a teammate, which is a good environment. And then it's it's much easier when you have to do any work or to yeah to do a tactic together. There's a lot of riders coming and going. There must be one or two that, that maybe don't want to follow this team spirit thing. Did you ever experience that or not? I never experienced like uh, like there was there was a problem. Of course, 
nobody is perfect and there's always some things you can improve on that. But we always communicate and we just speak with each other about this. And then uh, if the person wants to, yeah, to to improve that part. And, you know, for me, I always want to improve and be better as a person, as a writer. So if someone tells me you should do it in this way, I will always try to be better. But if the person just, yeah, don't really want to to spend effort on it, I don't think we're going to spend effort on it, on that as well. So, but I never experienced anything like that. But yeah. Well, let me tell you one thing. You you are lucky because it took me until basically the twilight of my career to find that special group of guys that you would just do anything for. And to this day, we're, we're really close friends. So for you to have found that sort of environment so young is, is a blessing. And I'm sure you're a big part of that um, moving forward. I'm, I'm also interested to hear about, you just mentioned that, you know, well, I just mentioned that you're young, you're 22 years old. You mentioned that you, you know, want to improve. At 22 years old, I mean, it's been a long time since Jens and I have been 22 years old. Uh, when, when you think of improving, where where are you going to be focusing? Where do you feel that you can see uh, or where you need the most area, uh, you know, the most amount of improvement, you know, in the coming years? I think uh, for sure in the mountains as a rider, uh, I think... The, the, the differences on riding, it's they're getting bigger and bigger in the mountains. It used to be the time trial, but I think I feel like on the time trial, there's also a limit. So in the end, it's, all, all, it's always how strong you are. So it's easier to see how strong you are in the mountains, not on a TT bike. So for me, because I, I never had, I never struggled in the, on, on a time trial. I feel like where I really gonna focus is on the on the mountains, on climbing. That's where I want to improve. And uh, from since last year, I think I could improve a little bit. I also, yeah, work really hard for it. But uh, yeah, in the end, yeah, it, I work for it, but always have fun, always every day. Um, I I'm sure you improved a lot especially on the last three days in the Giro. You were in the mountains, one of the strongest riders, after three weeks of bad weather and hard racing. So you definitely did improve. But I'm not your coach. I'm just old and looked at it. Don't give up your time trialing for the climbing because the way it is now, you crash quotation marks. You just have to hang on to, let's say, um, Simon Yates and go Simon. As long as I'm on your wheel in the mountains, I'm going to smoke you in a time trial, so I don't even need to attack you. You're going to be second, right? You can just yeah, look at him yeah. and say, hey, see, Simon, you're going to be second because I'm at your wheel. Don't lose that. That gives you a huge advantage. You might only win with 10 seconds, but it's better to win with 10 seconds in a time trial than actually losing like Simon Yates, you know, with this time trial. He's losing 30 seconds, 40 seconds each time. Exactly. So he has to race more aggressive in the mountains, right? So be sure you find the right balance. Don't give up the time trialing for only the climbing, right? That would put you in a position where your tactics yeah, would exactly. be limited. This, this I agree. But I feel like, yeah, 
I don't feel like I can improve that much more in a TT bike. For sure, I'm going to still work a lot on it. But where I really want to focus more is on the on the climbing. And um, see, now you were sixth in the Giro and four in the Young Riders jersey, right? Like back in our days, the best Young Rider would be eight, nine, ten, right? And the second Young Rider would be 15th in the overall. Now, did you ever think... Um, all these guys you race with, you're going to be racing with them your entire career. Like when I was younger, I just had to wait until the old guys basically retire and I would be becoming better because they all retire, right? But now you got to yeah. race with even a pool and all these crazy people all your career. Did you ever think about that? That's, that's quite a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes I used to think about this, you know. Uh, more when I was a junior, I was already thinking like this. So... Adrian Costa, I still he didn't he don't ride a bike anymore as a professional, but um, I used to race with him as a junior. And I remember he was so good, so talented, so strong, and uh, I I I used to talk with my national teammates, and we're just like, mate, he's from our age, 98, so we're gonna always have him in the next races, always always present. And now I feel the same. I look Bernal, Pogacar, Evan Paul, uh, so many guys. And I think, yeah, yeah, I, I, I better start to beat them, you know. I'm going to race with them for my whole career. So it's something you need to get used to it, not just try to avoid them. So it gives me more motivation to, to improve and to, to be good like them. Talking about just that generation, your generation of those guys, the the Teos, the the Evan Poles, the Bernals, what do you guys, what do you think has allowed you guys to make that giant leap? Because I'll admit it, I you kind of came on my radar during the tour of Utah, and I believe it was 2019. I think you finished fourth overall. And obviously, I, I was uh, I was in one of the cars, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy's this guy's good." But to go from there, the tour of Utah, riding for Action uh, Hogman's Berman, to getting fourth in the Giro last year and sixth in the Giro this year, what what is what has changed in this sport that has allowed the young riders to just make that absolute warp speed jump to being? on amateur teams or under 23 teams into leading a team in a grand tour? Yeah, that's a hard question, I would say. <laughs> you know, I, I use a power meter since I was 17, I think. So this already starts when I was 17 as a junior. We already had the training methods quite improved. We basic, I basically trained like a pro since I was 18. So... Yeah, you just start to develop and when you're younger and then you just, yeah, I just go to a World Tour team, you know, uh, yeah, you, you always have uh, better conditions, you know, you're a pro rider. Also, when I, I when I was under 23, you always think, yeah, when, I really want to go to World Tour, yeah, making the move, but yeah. I was always a bit anxious and nervous because you never know if you can make it. You know, that when I was uh, 21, 20, 
there was so many good riders that you need really need to be good to 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 make the move because there's so many good guys it's it's quite hard so when you when i just make it i just okay now I, even if i i sign two years i think okay i have two years i'm relaxed i focus more on just the training everything being as professional as you can and then yeah i don't know i ended up yeah i don't know <laughs> here i am today <laughs> It's nearly summer, and if you're looking for some help getting back into shape, don't worry, Outside Plus has you covered. Bobby and myself are both members and get to enjoy training plans, exclusive gear discounts, entry to cycling events, and more, including access to premium content from other outside publications like Velo News, Trail Runner, Yoga Journal, Backpacker, and Peloton Magazine. All in all, it's $350 worth of value for just $99. But if you enter our special coupon code, BobbyJens25 at checkout, you will get another 25% off. Go to valuenews.com slash outside plus and enter BobbyJens25, all one word, lowercase, at checkout to receive our special 25% discount. Now, back to our chat with Joao. Um, talking about today, let's move a little closer or a little into the close future. When are you be next racing? Are you heading to the Olympics? Or are you possibly looking at starting at the Tour of Spain as well? Or what does the rest of the season looks like for you? So for now, I, I still don't have the confirmation for the Olympics. I would personally love to do it. I think, yeah, I, I never done it, but I spoke with riders that did it before and they say it's just a different thing, different experience. It's really nice. Uh, so I would really love to do it. And uh, I, I'm not really thinking about Tour of Spain. You know, I'm just 22. I don't really want to do two Grand Tours as a GC rider because I think when you go for GC, it's every day you have to go full gas. There's no rest. So as a GC rider, I, I don't really want to do two Grand Tours in a year with 22 years old. I think I feel like I have so many years in front of me. We can we have so many good races also, so we can just focus on other races, one week races. Maybe classics, I don't know, Lombardia, maybe it's possible. Uh, so that I would think that would be more my focus for the rest of the season. That sounds like a wise decision because riding GC, like you say, it's every day, right? For example, I, I because I followed it, Egan Bernal, in 21 stages, his worst result was 40 years in the opening time trial. Every day, even in bunch sprints, He was somewhere between first and place 40 for 21 days. That's consistency, right? And a lot of nerve-wracking stress. So, yes, good decision to only do one of them. Joao, you mentioned the Olympics. Um, are you, as far as being confirmed, what is your objective there in the Olympics? Would it be the time trial or the road race? Uh To be honest, I feel I have a good time trial. I've been making top five, top ten 
sometimes may I did podium I think one time or something on the TTs, but I don't feel like I could win a time trial, especially the Olympics. You know, I think it's so hard to beat guys like Ghana, Ron Dennis, uh, yeah, Afini, Remy Cavagna, so many good guys. I don't think I could. I, I would actually have a have a yeah a, a chance to win it. But for sure, I will be very focused and I'll go for a good result. But I feel like on the road race, maybe I would have a possibility. There are so many scenarios that could happen. Yeah, you're 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 a fighter. I mean, we saw that in the last week of the Giro, and um, talk about fighting, um, or I guess establishing um somewhat of a of a pecking order um i'm and i don't want this to sound sticky or or whatnot but your relationship with another young gun on the team remco i mentioned this on the on our podcast last week i sensed a little bit of of tension there um is this something that is like given to you guys from the DSs, you know, or do you guys just sort it out on the road? But it just seems like you guys have sort of the the same objectives. And I'm just curious, how do you sort out that leadership on the road? I know that back in the day, it was our director that would just say, this guy's the leader, and the team was built around them. But now, especially on a team like Decoin at Quickstep, uh, Ineos Grenadiers. There's there's just so many options there. I guess two questions: How is your relationship with Remco Evenepoel? And in that situation where both of you guys are going for the same objective, like the Giro, um, how is that sorted out? How is that leadership sorted out? So I would say we have a good relationship. Of course, uh, I will not say he has a f- real friends because we don't. We don't pass that man, man, that much time together, but as a teammates, I think we have a good relationship. We did a training camp in Sierra Nevada together. We we had fun for sure, uh, and also as teammates, we, yeah, I think we we can uh, we share the same object objective. Like now in the Giro, we we are both leaders, so we're we yeah. in the end. Uh, I, th- I I guess the road sorted out. Uh, I did a mistake one day, and then yeah, it was uh, the main priority, which is normal. We when we have a team goal, we act as a team. So I will never put my my personal goals above in front of that. So, but in the end, also the DS they do the tactic, and you know when you're a pro rider, you just yeah. We just follow the others as well, but uh, also say my opinion about things. And in the end, when you when we communicate, we always find a solution that yeah that fits everyone and everyone gets happy. Because if he wins the if he wins the stage, if he's second on stage, if wins Giro, I would be you know I'm I make part of it, so I'll be really really happy with uh, with that. Like if I won. If he wins, if it's a feeling that I, I win as well. So now, um, I don't know how far you want to talk about it. Um, there's, you know, uh, stories and articles about your future with the König. 
Is there anything you would be allowed to say about this or we have to wait until whatever, second half of the year? Yeah, I think you'll have to wait until uh, the second half of the year. But uh, I, I can say that I will, I will not stay in the in the Koenig. But uh, yeah, and concerning with other teams that uh, I cannot really tell anything about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, thank you for, for even saying that much. I know these days uh, you're kind of tight lipped. But hey, listen, we've spoken a lot about bike racing. And you're a 22-year-old, good-looking kid. What do you do off the bike? What 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 other interests do you have? I mean, you said you've been training like a pro since you were 18 years old, and that was not that long ago, to be honest. But but what is it that that you do and that 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 interests you other than than the bike? How do you disconnect from the sport? Because this is a pressure cooker, and you guys obviously deal with it a lot better than than my generation of guys you know like it's 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 tough but what do you do to disconnect from you know this crazy talk about biking all the time yeah that's that's a good question you know it's not always easy uh because uh, as a pro uh even the rest is important you know you cannot really do much when you have to rest and really recovery but uh, like after the Giro this last week, when I'm a bit yeah more yeah more free time, I don't have to train that much. I think uh, yeah, last week I went to the bike one time only, so it was uh, was like recovery mentally. It's really important as well. So I can tell you, I went to go kart twice. So I really like cars. It's so go kart is is really nice. So I went twice, and then I just. Of course, with COVID now, it's it's yeah. There's not many things to do because yeah, you know. Uh, but I like to yeah, just watch Netflix. It's uh, it's good. Yeah, I live nearby the sea, so I just go for a walk or just yeah, to good-looking places. It's really nice. Okay, we've all so yeah, it's just and enjoying yourself and just yeah, clean your mind. It's really important. Okay, now I got to ask because we all spend a lot of time in front of Netflix binging shows. What is a show? What's your favorite show on Netflix? Because I've probably seen it, but if I haven't, I I will immediately get on it. What is what is <laughs> what are the young 22-year-old kids watching on Netflix these days? So I I've been watching a lot of stuff, I can tell you. But I'm going to say Peaky Blinders. Hmm. It's a really good one. I like I like the I like the vibe and I can't wait for the next season which should be soon in the ne in the next months. I will check that out. I will google that. Hey, um just by looking at the chair <laughs> you're sitting on. It looks like the one my son has. It's like, is that like a professional gamer chair? Like for League of Legends? Do you play do you yeah, do you exactly. play League of Legends? So I forgot this. No, I don't play League of Legends. I, I tried twice. I, I really, mm -hmm. I don't like it. It's not that game. But um, yeah, I forgot to say this because I, I, I didn't play it for the, the last six months. But I, I used to play also in my free time. I used to play computer, uh, Rocket League, Fortnite. There's many games. It's quite funny because I play with my friends. So in the end, it's like a virtual date between each other. 
So with the COVID, we cannot do much together. So we just play full gas on the computer. <laughs> so now, hey, that you you said you live close to the sea. Are you actually a surfer? Can you surf? No. Me neither. I couldn't I, save I, to surf to save so my life. I live. I I'm 45k from Nazareth, which is a place from the big waves. Mm -hmm. You know, the really big waves. The yeah. And yeah, the whole coast, there's so many people surfing. But I can tell you, the first time I surfed was in Australia. Oh, <laughs> and did you see a shark? But, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. But yeah, it was the first time I, I, I tried was in Australia. I liked it. For I was like two hours trying and I just, I could do it like seven times in two hours. But um, yeah, one day I need to repeat because it's quite fun. Well, Joel, it was great to to talk to you. Obviously, we watch you a lot on on TV these days, and just thank you for coming on to Bobby and Jens, and and gr all the best for the rest of the season and your your entire career moving forward. Thank you, guys. It was a real pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay, moving forward to the hashtag Shut Up Legs Award. I'm going to go first this week because I don't want you to take it, Yenzi. I'm giving my hashtag shut up leg rider of the week to Tom Demolin. You know, he was struggling with the sport. He took a little bit of a hiatus, but he's back. He's back and he's he's got he's got the Tour de Suisse to bring him up for the Olympics. I think his Olympics, you know, the Olympics would be, uh, you know, a good objective for him but i like tom i think you know maybe he lost the passion for for the sport or to make the sacrifices but uh he said shut up legs and he's back in the peloton so he is my shut up legs rider of the week that is a good choice my friend um i have a different one in mind my hashtag shut up legs award of the week goes to richie port because after years trying to win the tour and win this and that He finally went to Team Ineos Grenadiers, or kind of like back to Team Sky, where he came from. said, look, you know what? I be just a domestic deluxe. And now he's winning one, probably the second biggest race of the year, apart from the three Grand Tours, the Dauphine Libre. Quite impressive. So he wouldn't be the first rider to actually end up winning the Tour de France after he won the Dauphiné. So, Richie Port for the Tour, all in from me. Richie Port is my Shut Up Legs rider of the week. Great choice, Jens. Great choice. We all love a little Richie Port. Well, everyone, that's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening. Please give us a five-star review and share us with your friends. Thanks to our guest this week, Joao Almeida. The show was a Velo News production in association with Shocked Giraffe. The producer was Mark Payne. And this episode was edited again by Tim Moza. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bobby and Jens and share your cycling stories with us. Before we go, a quick word on our sponsor Zwift. When it comes to sport, I always tell my kids, rule number one, have fun. On Zwift, fun is fast. 
Tour de France winner Garrett Thomas uses it. So does Matteo Vanderpol, and Australia's Neve Bradbury Zwifted her way to a world tour contract. One of my favorite things on Zwift is seeing the flags of people from all around the globe that I get to ride with. I love the structured workouts, doing group rides with friends, and when I'm feeling strong, doing a few races. They definitely hurt, but they are fun. It's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, a trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.